book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 53. It says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to, the, to his own country, he taught them there in the synagogue and so much that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this, is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not make they did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Tonight, I want to preach to you about defeating the stigma of Nazareth. Defeating the stigma of Nazareth. Father, help me to speak under the authority of the Holy Ghost. By the leading of your spirit, I don't want to say one word that I should not say. I want to be in unison with your spirit tonight. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that your spirit would come and sit down with us tonight. We are your people, and you are our king. You're the king of this kingdom. I pray that your will be done in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I was under the persuasion up until some years ago that it was impossible for man to interfere with the will of God. I was one that was under the persuasion that if God has something set in his mind, he intends on doing something. There's absolutely no one in this world that has the capacity to stop him. I believe that even to this day, but there have been some things that have shifted that pointed me back to the scriptures but it was through experience. It's amazing what we are mute to when it comes down to the word of God, how we feel or we assume that we have an understanding in a particular area until life meets us on the pathway of heaven and we find ourselves going against things Entering into things that we ourselves thought 
one way about or assume that would be completely impossible. And then when you see that what you thought was in the Word of God and what the Word of God said, and you see the opposite happen. It is amazing how when we fail to search out the Scripture, God will allow a storm to search us out in our life to point us right back in the direction of the Scripture. There is something to be said when we understand that God is the one that has the final say. I've come to tell you this evening that even though God has the final say, everything that God intends to do and desires to do is not always manifested. The Bible declares that Jesus is speaking to the multitude. There are many people that are in this city, as I discussed, in Nazareth. He has come to the location where he was raised. If there was anyone there that knew him in the walk of his ministry, it was these people. I've come to tell every person today that there should be such an honor among us that we don't honor people out of familiarity, but we honor people because of the spirit that resides on the inside of them. The Bible makes the statement that Jesus had just finished speaking a few parables after he came unto the city of, or came into his own country. And the Bible declares that when he got into that country, he didn't go to his parents' house. He didn't go to his friend's house. He didn't go to the neighbor's house that he was raised. The Bible declares that he went straight into the synagogue. Can I talk to a few people today that if you're going to hear from God, you need to be able to hear from him in the house of God. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, that it is amazing how in this particular synagogue, there were people that one time that probably was there and at another time somebody else was there. And in a synagogue, you could have families that live within a certain mile location of that synagogue due to the Sabbath and not being able to walk, but so many miles on the Sabbath day. So it's a common practice for people that reside within a particular location would all would find themselves in a synagogue, in the same synagogue, within that particular location. As Jesus goes to a location, he begins to speak to the people in the synagogue that is a representation of the people that are within that community. Can I talk to somebody in this room that the community that is in the world should never control the community that is in the church. We are a distinctly different group of people. The Bible makes the statement that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
and old things have passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Well, Jesus comes into the synagogue place that is a representation of where you hear the word of God. Jesus at one time went into one of the temple, into the temple, and he tore the place up, and he, uh, he tore the temple up, and he told them, he said that my house should be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Can I talk to somebody in this room that not only should there be a reverence for the house of God, but there should be a reverence for the people who have been called to the house of the Lord. There must be an honor. Not only should there be an honor for God's house, but there should be an honor for the people, praise the Lord, that come to that house. But can I tell you that this, my friend, is not the house of God. But this right here, this tabernacle, this temple is the house of God. And if Jesus went into the temple and smote people and tore the, tore the temple up because of how they were handling the house of God, how much more would God smite us if we mishandle each other who have been called to be the house of God? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Can I tell you that the Holy Ghost does not dwell in temples made by man's hands, but God dwells in temples that are made by the mouthpiece of God. Can I talk to a few of you in this room tonight to let you understand, praise the Lord, that God has created you for this particular time. There are many people that say that if I could go back and go back to the days of the apostles, I would love to be able to see what they saw and walk the streets of Galilee. But can I tell you that if those men could come back to this day, if those men could choose to live in this hour, they would love to switch times with you. Can I tell you, never underestimate what God can do when you cannot see him. Because I can tell you this day, he's able to do more when he's gone than he is able to do while he's here in the flesh. He said he is able to, he said to them, he said that greater works than these shall you do when I return unto my Father. The Bible makes the statement that Jesus has come unto his own country and he has entered into the synagogue and he begins to break open the scripture. Can I tell you that when it comes down to the community that is out there in the world, there's corruption. In the world, there's confusion. In the world, there's extortion. In the world, praise the Lord, there's the works of the flesh. In the world, there's a pride of life, the lust of the eye, praise the Lord, the works of the flesh. Those are the things, praise the Lord, that govern the world. But can I tell you, the Bible tells us, uh, uh, it tells us to come out from among the world and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the things that are unclean. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, the Bible declares in the book of Romans, it says, be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. 
Can, can I talk to somebody in this room? That the world, praise the Lord, is not just a bar room. But when we come into the house of God, we've got to leave the bar room. The world is not just a whorehouse. But even though when you come into the kingdom of God, you've got to leave the whorehouse. But can I tell you that the world, praise the Lord, is a system. The world is a structure. The world is a program. The world is a culture. And there is a king that rules over that world. There's a God that rules over that world. And can I talk to somebody in this room that when we're born again, a watering of the spirit, we have the mandate of God to come out from among the world. What do you mean? I might live where the world is, but I don't dwell where the world is at. I dwell in the secret place of the most high God. Hallelujah. So you have to understand, praise the Lord, it declares, it says, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Can I talk to somebody in this room? If there's ever going to be a reason why people go to hell from the church, it's because they tried to be conformed and transformed at the same time. Can I talk to you in this room? You're either going to go through the, conform, the, the conformity process or you're going to go through the transformation process but the only way you're going to fully be transformed is that every day you make up in your mind and say I don't care what the culture is doing I don't care what they're doing out there as for me in my house we're going to serve the Lord not according to the ways of the world but according to the word of the Lord What do you mean, Brother Hurd? You got to understand, praise the Lord. You got to understand that not only that Jesus desired to bring you out of sin, but Jesus has every intention of coming back for a church that is without spot blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. You got to understand the Bible declares that Jesus said in John, he said the prince of this world has come and he has found nothing in me. Can I talk to you in this room? It doesn't matter how much God you got in you. And then in the end, the enemy's concerned about do you have any of his stuff in you? Can I talk to you? You can be full of God. You can be full of God up to here, but up to here and there if you got a 5% of the things that came from the devil can I talk to you when the enemy comes for you the enemy is going to be able to overtake you the reason why Jesus was able to condemn sin in the flesh was because when the enemy came he could not find his stuff in him can I talk to you in this room you're either going to push towards transformation or you're going to hesitantly return back and say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dwell in places that make me comfortable. I'm going to do a little bit of what God is telling me to do right here, and then I'm going to conform right there. Can I talk to somebody in this room? Conforming is not just making sure that you don't wear pants and making sure 
that your hair is uncut. But conformity is when you have a backbiting spirit. Conformity is when you have a spirit of self-righteousness. Conformity, praise the Lord, is when you have a spirit of entitlement. Can I tell you, you can cling the outside, but if the inside is full of dead man's bones, you're nothing more than whitewashed sepulchers. Can I talk to somebody in this room? God said, be holy. You can't make holy the outside and leave the inside unholy. We want the power on the inside and make it holy on the outside. But God said, I want to make you holy on the outside so that you can keep the power on the inside. Can I talk to somebody in this room? He said, you shall receive power, not a form of it. Not a form of it. So, if I'm going to commit myself to rejecting conformity, I've got to set my focus upon something. There must be a made-up heart. There must be something in my spirit and in my mind that says uh, my heart is fixed uh, on what comes from God. My heart is fixed uh, not on treasures of this world, uh, but on treasures uh, of the world to come. Can I tell you that the only way you can resist the conformity is if you commit yourself to transformation. So what do you mean, Brother Hurd? Uh, that means it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, you got to understand that there should be a perpetual renewing of the mind. That means uh, that if you got into the church 20 years ago, your faith should be greater today uh, than what it was last year. But honey, if maybe you woke up this morning and said, Brother Hurd, I'm trying to figure out my God. Have I ever been saved? You've been trying to figure out my God, what's going on with me? What's wrong with me? Can I tell you, even though you might have missed it for the past seven years, uh, don't mean you can't make it this year. Can I tell you, you can't sit back uh, and grieve over what's died. Uh, God said, I've kept you alive uh, over what's left. I'm going to do a work in this hour in your life. Uh, if you would commit yourself, what do you mean? The reason why you're thinking different is because you're hearing different. You're hearing different. Would you lift your hands and say, Lord, help me to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and not what the culture is saying through the church. He says, and when he came into his own country, you know, the synagogue should have been a place where people could come and there was no breach. It's, it's a representation of a fellowship. It's a representation 
of where you hear the voice of God. It's a representation of where you come to meet God. And if you're ever going to hear God anywhere, it should be where the congregation of the saints are. But the Bible declares that even though these people gather together weekly, in this synagogue and gathered together weekly and read the word of the Lord. The Bible says, insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom? Can I talk to somebody in this room? It wasn't that they did not realize that there was something on the inside of Jesus, but there was a disappointment and a frustration that they had because the wisdom was on the inside of Jesus. Can I talk to somebody in this room? What happens if God desires to raise somebody up that's been giving you hell for the past several years of your life? But they come in here and they get the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. Can I talk to somebody in this room? Are you going to let the stigma stop the move of God? Are you going to let the dishonor that's in Nazareth creep into the synagogue where it runs out the will of God? Nazareth could not have revival because of the spirit that was in the synagogue. God has trusted you. Star City Church. To be a light to the people that are in this region. He has planted you here. The responsibility for revival rests upon this congregation. Can I talk to somebody in this room that when the apostles came to, I mean, when I, I believe it was Thomas or one of the apostles, when they heard that Jesus, that one came and said, the Messiah is here. I believe that I found the Messiah. And the man of God said, the disciple said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Can, can I talk to somebody in this room that there was a stigma that rested upon Nazareth? I don't know where Nazareth lived at. I don't know if it was on the east side or if it was on the west side or if it was on the north side or on the south side. There was a stigma that rested upon the people of Nazareth that nothing good could ever come out of Nazareth. Can I talk to somebody in this room that Jesus didn't come from Nazareth? Jesus came from heaven. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. He didn't come from Nazareth. He came straight from the Father. You got to understand that Jesus comes into the synagogue. He opens up the word of God and the people could see the wisdom but there was something that was in the culture of Nazareth that was resisting the wisdom that was in the man of God. Can I talk to somebody in this room? We need to wake up every morning and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I want to have a right heart. I want to have a right spirit. I want to be untainted from this world. 
What do you mean? Uh, it doesn't matter what goes on in society. My spirit has to be right with God. Uh, can I talk to somebody in this room? The Bible declares, guard your hearts with all diligence. Uh, there must be a diligent pursuit uh, that is on the inside of you of uh, protecting your heart. It shouldn't matter what goes on in this world. If gas prices uh, go up, your attitude should not go up. Uh, if the things around you, if your housing market uh, begins to crash, praise the Lord, uh, your spirit should not crash. Uh, the Bible declares if a man cannot have control uh, over his own spirit, he's like a city without walls. Uh, he said a man that faints in the Day of adversity, his strength is small. Can I talk to somebody in this room? This is the hour to fortify yourself. This is the hour to hide yourself in the secret place of the Most High God. The reason why the adversary could not overtake Jesus was because he could not find his stuff in him. Can I talk to somebody in this room? The way you handle your business cannot be the way the world does it. You got to do it through the way the kingdom does it. The way you raise your children, it's not the way you do it that they do it in the world. You do it the way that they do it in the scripture. What do you mean by the hurt? You got to understand if you're going to be conformed, you're going to do it the way the world does it. You're going to do it the way your mama taught you, the way your daddy taught you. But if you're going to ever become what God's looking for, you got to do it the way the word says do it. Uh, what do you mean? There must be a transformation of my mind. What do you mean? Uh, I thought this way when I was a child, uh, but I've grown in the word of God. Uh, now I believe I can do all things through Christ uh, that strengthens me. Uh, I used to think uh, that when hell comes into my life, uh, I just break down and have a nervous breakdown. Uh, but now I learn through the word of God. Uh, he's a very present help uh, in trouble. Uh, what do you mean by the hurt? Uh, I would have fainted lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody in this house needs to make a decision that I refuse to be conformed. I'm moving to be transformed. He went into his country but unfortunately, he also went into the synagogue that was there in the country. And the culture that was in the country was the same culture in the synagogue. Can I talk to somebody in this room? The Bible declares that no man that wars entangled himself with the affairs of this life. Can I tell you the way that you protect the culture of Star City Church is you got to keep the affairs of this life outside of the synagogue and keep the affairs of the kingdom on the inside and on the outside. What do you mean? Uh, because we're dominion takers. Uh, we're kingdom takers. Uh, we're city takers. Uh, can I tell you kingdom affairs uh, will be the affairs of this present time. In every affair that's going on in this lifetime, you're distracted. 
your heart is not fixed, but your heart is distracted. But when your heart is fixed on heavenly affairs, you're not getting depressed. You're not worried. You're not stressed out. You say, come, Lord Jesus, come. What do you mean this world is not my home? Is there somebody in this room that really wants to go to heaven? Or do you want your heaven on earth? Can I talk to you in this room? He didn't shed his blood for you to have heaven on earth. He shed his blood so that you can go from earth to heaven. So that heaven will be accessible to those that dwell in the earth. You see that? He told them. In the synagogue, they were astonished, but they weren't changed. See, the culture that's in the, that when, when, the, when, the, when, when, the, when the world's culture begins to creep into the church, it changes how we hear the word of God. We're astonished, but we're not transformed. Ooh, that was some good preaching. We don't ever want it to be the culture where we have more of an expectation of people leaving the church and not doing what God said than we have the expectation of people leaving the church and doing what God said. What do you mean? Three thousand souls heard the message on the day of Pentecost. And God added to the church that very day. So what do you mean, Brother Hurt? They were in the synagogue. Jesus is teaching them. They were astonished at his wisdom. But because there was a culture of hearing and not doing, their astonishment of his wisdom turned into jealousy, bitter attitude, backbiting, complaining, frustration, rebellion, missing the mind of God. But the Bible declares, they said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works. We want to make it so that in this church that as God is shaking this campus and God is shaking this city and God is shaking this region, she wanted to be in this church that there's a healthy place where there's an honor that is present that no matter who God raises up, revival keeps flowing. A good way to get revival out of the city is to get dishonor in the sanctuary. 
Get dishonor in a conversation at home. Get dishonor and bitterness and backbiting on a phone or a text message. But can I talk to somebody in this room? You got to be keepers of the sanctuary. You got to be keepers of the glory of God. You got to be keepers of revival. You need to say, you know what? In my house, we're not going to backbite. In my house, we're not going to talk about another sister. We're not going to talk about another brother. As a matter of fact, in my house, Ain't no complaining no more. Because we bring the church what we allow at home. Say it again. We bring the church what we allow at home. So, so what are you saying, Brother Hurt? That that means somewhere along the line, uh, I've got to have and have, have a, a, a spirit of honor within my home. Uh, there must be a spirit of order within my home. Uh, what do you mean that means? Uh, that the wife must be uh, submitted to her own husband. Uh, the husband must love his wife uh, like Christ loved the church. Uh, so what do you say, husband? Uh, what if she's not submitted to you? You got to love her like Christ loved the church. Uh, or what if he don't love me like Christ loved the church? church. you got to submit yourself to him. Just because one is out of order does not empower you to get out of order. Can I tell you, we have to be protectors of the culture. We've got to be protectors of the house of God. Why? Because I cannot allow the spirit that's in your house to creep into the house of the Lord. So what do you see? The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God is manifested in flesh, standing before him, and they can't see him. He is the express image of the invisible God. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as would receive him. To them he gave power to become sons of God. Can I talk to somebody in this room? God wants to give you power to be a son. He wants to empower you, not just to talk in tongues. He wants to empower you to walk in the sonship of Christ. They were astonished and said, where did he get all these wisdom? Where did he get all this wisdom? Where did he get these mighty works? They said, is not this the carpenter's son? The Bible makes a statement that says, no, no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. They, 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 they saw the wisdom. They saw the works, but because of the hardness of their heart, they reduced him down to being nothing more than the carpenter's son. There's backsliders coming back. I said there's backsliders uh, that broke out your windows. Uh, there are backsliders uh, that slept with your daughters. Uh, there's backsliders uh, that messed up your son's head. Uh, and they're coming back. Uh, but can I talk 
to somebody in this room. Are you going to have the spirit of honor? Are you going to have the spirit of Nazareth? Because even though Jesus left out of the carpenter, he left the carpenter. But when he came back, he was a Messiah. He left us a carpenter. But when he went on a fast, something happens when you go into an isolated place with God. Something happens when you go into a water with God. See, you know the story, you can be seated. Jesus went into Jordan where he was baptized unto repentance by John the Baptist, a Christ who had nothing to repent of. submitted himself to a baptism of repentance, having nothing to repent of. However, even though he knew no sin, he became sin that he could deliver all man from the sins that are in this world. They came to him voice speaks from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the scripture declares that as he left, the spirit of God moved him, sent him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Can I talk to you? There's some people in this room right now that you have never met. There are people that are coming to this city that are going to move here to get saved. There are backsliders that God is sending from Texas, sending from California, sending from North Carolina, sending from South Carolina, sending from Washington State, sending from Maryland, Washington, D.C. He's sending him to this church to be delivered. What do you mean? There's some backsliders that are coming back from all kinds of places with a whole lot of garbage. But can I tell you, something's... God's going to meet them in the water. And can I talk to somebody in this room? You don't let a phone conversation that you had with somebody that knew them back then to stop what God is doing right now. You know how it is. You can be seated. You ever been at a picnic? You ever been at a cookout? You ever been at a dinner with a bunch of saints and we start talking about things dealing with other people that's under the blood. We start talking about having conversations and things. You know, it's just small talk. We bring up stories. It's the same story, you know. You bring up every single Thanksgiving. You bring up the same story every Christmas. You bring up the same story every single time you get together for the cookout. But it makes good for good talk. Can I tell you, God said this year, I want you to turn the gossip session into a prayer meeting. What do you mean? We ain't going to gossip this Christmas. We're going to pray this Christmas. We're not going to gossip this Thanksgiving. We're going to have a prayer meeting this Thanksgiving. Why? Because we've got to protect the culture.
Church of Star City Church. We refuse to let the stigma of Nazareth creep into Star City Church. God said, if you would heal, you would forgive, you would heal. You're like, well, I'm from St. You know, I'm from St. Louis. You ain't never been to St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis. I'm from the show me state. You gotta have to show me. Yeah, he say, he say, but I need to see it for myself. that spirit out. What do you mean? Because can I tell you, the enemy would love to just turn a move of God into an event. That's the difference between some church that's moving in the kingdom and a church that's moving from event to event. Can I talk to somebody in this room? If you would walk in the spirit and maintain a culture of honor, you won't have to put on an event. All you have to do is put on a prayer meeting and God will meet you there every single time. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. You want to need the preacher to come and anoint your house. You got the oil all over your house. You got the power of the Holy Ghost. The oil on the inside of you. You're not blessed because somebody put oil on your house. You're blessed because the Lord has put oil on the inside of you. Your house is blessed because you are blessed. Darkness is getting greater, but the church is shining brighter. So what do you mean? The Lord says, I want you to go deeper. You see that? You see, it's not just the carpenter's son. It's not his mother called Mary. You know, we know who Mary is. You know, Mary, you know, you know, uh, a, 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 uh, Leroy, honey, you've been talking to Joseph. I was over at Gertrude's house. <laughs> and Sister Jenkins, and uh, they, they concerned about Mary. You know, we've been counting up the days and, uh, you know, they, they talk about, you know, one plus one is one and two plus two is two. And some just ain't right. I don't think that's Joseph's boy. I think it's Deacon Teddy. It ain't Deacon Teddy and it ain't Joseph. It's God. 
God in the baby. It's God in the flesh. Can I talk to somebody in this room? You might see one thing, but until you get into the spirit, you won't see the full picture. Can I talk to somebody in this room? Some of you think you're walking in discernment and you're walking in intuition. When you're walking in intuition, you can only see one side of the coin. But when you're walking in the seared, you can see the whole picture. Can I talk to somebody in this room? Lay aside your intuition and walk in the spirit. You say, well, Brother Heard, I had a dream about three fish. I mean, let's just move on. It's not this carpenter's son. It's not his mother called Mary. See, the thing is, is the way that the enemy robs churches is he finds a way to make what God is doing through someone common. Let's say, young lady that just sat down with the flowery dress, beautiful dress, come here. What is your name? I want you to lift your hands, Jasmine. I was going to say one thing, but I'm going to pray for you because God's going to anoint your voice. I hear beautiful music coming out of your voice. And when you sing, angels are going to move. When you sing, devils are going to bow. When you sing, sick bodies are going to be healed of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you would anoint my sister, Lord God, in the name of Jesus when she sings that the oil of the Holy Ghost would just permeate through the congregation. I pray, Lord God, that you would move on her life in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. Are you her parents? Your son, come here, Mom. You lay your hands on her back. From a child, from the time that you carried her, there was a war. There was all these things, all these different reports. I saw people coming to you talking about, you know, you need to just terminate. You need to just, all of this chaos and confusion centered around this child. She's almost like a miracle that she's here. I've come to tell you this day. I want you to pray on her, pray over her every day. I want you to go through her room. I want you to pray over that room. The hand of God is on her life. I've come to tell you that the Lord is going to reverse everything that the enemy has set in motion. The Lord said, do not identify. Do not identify her with any report that you've gotten from any doctor. For the Lord told me to tell you that he is her healer and he is her deliverer. This day by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I speak wholeness and healing to her body and mind in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody worship the Lord. Somebody worship the Lord. Somebody worship the Lord. Come 
command Rabasata. My brother, I want you to lift your hands. I want you and your wife to hold hands. I want you to raise your hands up towards heaven. What is your name, my brother? Joe. All right, Joe, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to listen to me. The reason why I'm saying that is because you need to judge what I'm telling you. you. You can't hear what I'm saying and you're talking in tongues. You want to judge what is being said. You want to remember. You want to take heed to what's being said. All right? All right. The Lord told me to tell you this day. I saw a move. I saw you had to make a move. I saw you. It's almost like like I saw, it's almost like like a move like like a move like as if a person was getting in their car going from north to south. I saw you had to make a move off faith. The Lord says I have used the discouragement towards some things that, and some doors that shut to move you and place you where you're at right now. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, I want you to quit. I hear, I hear chatter in the background of people wanting to keep you up to date on places that are in the past. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, stay out of their drama. He said, don't even allow them to come to you with the drama. Don't even take the calls anymore. This day in the name of Jesus, the Lord told me to tell you, he said, I'm working there. He said, I'm working in you here. This is a day that you're going to cut it off. And as you do this, you're going to have a rest because I'm seeing people coming and they're dumping garbage on you. And then what happens is you can't work, you can't rest, you can't get any of that. But tonight in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to you. I speak healing even through your body by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. You got a condition that is around your waist. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's something going on with a nerve or what. But I see something that, like a, a pain that moves from the lower back and it wraps around your waist. It comes and it goes. But the thing in the back stays. This night in the name of Jesus, I speak wholeness and healing through your body, to your mind and your spirit. I pray God a covering of protection upon him and his family this day. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would shut doors that need to be shut. Help them to walk through the open door. I thank you, God, for the sacrifices that have been made. The Lord told me to tell you the seven-year wandering. It's almost like a seven-year desert that you've been in. The Lord said this season is getting ready to change. This day, the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Now listen. Now let me go back to here. Come here, young lady. Now if God decides I'm going to send this young lady to you. Say she just got the Holy Ghost. How old are you? Nine years old. And, but she feels the prompting of the Spirit to come exactly to where you're at. Are you going to size her up in the Spirit because of her age? Are you going to let her pray for you like it's your little toddler praying for you? Are you going to receive her with the honor of a toddler? 
are you going to receive her in the honor of the Spirit of God? Do you see flesh or do you see spirit? Be seated. Because if Jesus Christ of Nazareth came in this room in the flesh, kicked open the door, walked right in here, many of you would stop what you're doing and you would run to his feet. And you believe him for anything. Why? Because you know what he has done in that fleshly body. You've heard stories. You wouldn't have any problem. Many of you, if Jesus came in here at the age of nine, his flesh wasn't full grown at 32, but came in here at the age of seven and showed up. You'd still honor him like he was God. And you would still believe that he has power to change the condition of your body. But can I tell you, the scripture says, the son of man doth nothing of himself but only what he sees the Father do. It's the Spirit that does the work. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus Christ, God met it in the flesh and in the flesh, took no credit for the, what the Spirit did. Why? Because it wasn't the flesh that did it. It was the Spirit that did it. Can I talk to somebody in this room? If you would honor him, coming in the room, but you won't honor your brother or sister who has the same spirit. Then you're saying you only honor the flesh of Jesus. You don't honor the spirit of Jesus. See, Whereas there's a lack of honor, it suppresses the move of God. But when there's honor, things that are young grow fast. If you look up Mary, and the character of Mary, she was more than just a virgin. She was a woman of virtue. She was a woman with the right spirit. Joseph was not just any random dude. He was a man of honor. In order to have the word of God manifested in flesh in your home, there must be a culture of honor. That even when, you say, well, why didn't the Lord go to Joseph first? Why didn't he go to Joseph first? Why did he go to Mary? Well, have you considered that when Joseph got ready to put her away, he heard the word of God and he, and he submitted himself to the word of God? What do you mean? He proved that he was more submitted to the word than he was submitted to his own human emotions and his feelings. Can I talk to somebody in this room? God wants you to honor his word above your feelings and above the culture. Because in those days, you would seek to put them away. 
But when the voice of God's came, Joseph said, I'm going to stay. What do you mean? I'm telling you that God wants a purity. God wants a strength in this church, a purity that is so strong that if God desires to put his spirit in someone, and at that moment he desires to use someone, you submit yourself to the spirit of God that is working through the individual that God is using. You're saying, Brother Hurt. Because I've come to tell you that the age that we're in, the hour that we're in right now, is not a church culture hour. We're not going to make it through these times as having good church. We're going to make it through these times being the church. We're going to make it through these times not just being good church people. We've got to be sons of God. We've got to walk in the authority of God's kingdom. They said this is the carpenter's son. When you start filling your mind beginning to calculate like, I, I used to change his diapers. You need to cast it down. Listen. When, when you're like, well, man, I remember him when he was 12 years old. Cast it down. You say, well, Brother Hurt, that's, that's, that's just small. That's nothing. That's minor. It's the little foxes that spoil the divine. I'm telling you how to have it so that anytime you come, it, it won't take you. You won't even have to uh, uh, shake heaven and earth. Have a move of God. Your culture, your spirit will be at peace, and your spirit and your heart will be so pure that you won't have to make it happen. It flows through the culture of honor. You say, Well, Brother Hurt. Our region is peaceful. I'm not, this is actually the first time I've ever been here this long. Most of the time I come to Lafayette, it's like for, I stop off on my way to Merrill, I mean, on my way to Merrillville to get some White Castle. <laughs> yeah, White Castle, bro. <laughs> when I'm on the trip by myself, not with my family in the ride, you know. But maybe the culture here in Lafayette is a culture where everybody just loves everybody. Everybody's everybody's friend. Or maybe Star City Church just makes Lafayette look happy. But he said his brethren, we know his brothers. What happens when the person comes in here and you know their brother? Listen, a lot of people want Paul's. God, raise up some Apostle Paul's in here. And you know what he do? He's in the Saul in here. 
uh, Patty, you need to put your purse out because, uh, you know, Tina's son, Saul, he in here. He just got out the joint. You know, he got that. I don't know. He, uh, they said he was in there teaching Bible studies, but I believe when I see it, he got that jailhouse religion. Put your purses up. I'm telling you, you want the kind of revival that you can put in a magazine or you want the kind of revival that can be founded in the book of life. Can I talk to somebody in this room? I don't care if it makes the magazine, just as long as it makes the book. I'm talking about the kind of revival that'll make the cut. I'm talking about the kind of revival that will surpass any kind of storm, any kind of adversity. When it's over, when it's done, the church is still standing. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Minimizing when someone comes in that you knew after the flesh, you need to immediately see them after the spirit. Immediately. You don't sit back and talk about what you know them for after the flesh. When you're doing that, you're only minimizing what God has done in the spirit. We know his brothers, James. You know, it seems like every brother, every person I know that got a brother named James is crazy. <laughs> My bad, ain't, ain't no Jameses in here, is it? I knew something was about you. You're special. God bless you. That's your brother. He ain't he ain't crazy. Is he? he he he's the delivered James. He been set free. We know James. They knew his whole family. They weren't known for being the most spiritual people. They were known by their, you know, occupation. What happens when God says, I've got a greater occupation? He says, we know Simon. And we know Judas. And we know his sisters. There was something about the family that was special in the eyes of God, but wasn't special in God's people's eyes. 
I'm telling you, when God does something big, he always looks on the inside and never does he look on the outside. He said, you know, when it came down to choosing David, he said, man, looketh on the inward. I mean, on the outward. He said, but, but, but I look on the inward. I look at the heart. It wasn't, and if you look at David's background, and if you look at David's family, David came from a dysfunctional household. We know them all. Are they not all with us? They're not all with us. Ain't they all like us? They just like us. When did this man get these things? Have you ever seen someone pray and say, Lord, I want, Lord, I want to, I want revival to happen in my city. And you're thinking like the way you're praying, you're wanting God to do something major through you. And you're praying the right prayer. And you're like with the spirit, like, Lord, if you desire to use me in that capacity, I'm willing. But what happens when you've been praying the right prayer and what you prayed for walks in the room. And everything you want it to be, God's doing it through somebody else. Do you despise it? Or everything you wanted your husband to be? Everything you wanted your daughter to be? Everything you wanted your son to be? Or, or, or maybe you feel like your, your boy is the next person in line to be, you know, I don't know, the, the, the next great children's pastor. I don't know. But God comes in and he raises up somebody. Are you going to have the spirit of entitlement like they had in Nazareth? Or are you going to have the spirit of humility like they had in Capernaum? There's a reason why. People leave cities and flourish. Can I talk to somebody in this room? It should never be that people have to leave Star City Church and go to another church clear on the other side of the country and flourish because they're known by the flesh and not known by the spirit. They can flourish right here. There needs to be a culture in this church that people in this city can be separated from the culture of this world and can flourish within the culture of the kingdom of God. That means somebody can make a mistake. I'm not going to identify you by the mistake you made. I'm going to identify you after the sacrifice that Christ made. I'm going to see you through the blood. Uh -huh. 
this protects the culture. So that when our children and our grandchildren start getting the Holy Ghost, they don't turn into Hatfields and McCoys when they get 20. Because we're holding things over people's heads that they did when they were 14. Let me hurry up and get out of here. He said, where did he get these things? And the Bible says, and they were offended in him. They were offended in him. One of the hardest things I've ever dealt with in being in ministry is dealing with people that were offended because I didn't come up through their ranks. Pastor Robinson, one of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with, my wife to sit back and, and talk about this. Private conversations about, like, man, why? Why did they reject me like this? conversations one time with a person and I was hurt by things that they said and one brother he didn't even realize what he was even doing he had no he had no conviction why because he was that much engrafted in the culture church we want to be people of God. That I, when I see you, I don't see you as a peasant. I don't just honor the people in ministry. I honor the people in the kingdom. Why is this important? There's a revival that is here. But there's an honor that needs to grow. You're wanting to bring revival down when God says, I need you to bring your honor up. Jesus said unto them, the Bible says, and when they were, they, and when they asked whether to get these things, and they were offended in him, and he says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is without honor. Nazareth needed a prophet. They wanted to kill him because of the dishonor. You know how many people, how many churches I go to around this nation that are praying that God would raise up prophets in their area. Raise up apostles in their area. Raise up evangelists, pastors, teachers in their area. There's some areas, Pastor, that I, I'm convinced that there's some areas you can get into that in order to really get into that area, you have to be able to ordain elders in that area. Paul told Titus, he said, 
for this cause I left you to Crete. Crete was a place of slow bellies. It was a place of lie. He said that they're always liars. It was a demonic territory. It's a chaotic place. He said, but I, for this cause I left you in Crete that you might ordain elders in this place. If you're going to grow and have revival in Crete, there must be a place where people come in. It can't be that, you know, we take someone and we baptize them and say, everything from this day forward, everything you used to be is washed away. You're a new creature. And we all shout and we all worship and they're smiling and they can hear the hand claps and the praises of the people from the, wherever they're at being baptized. And when they come into the midst of the congregation, we treat them, you know, certain ones. Unless there's somebody that we can vouch for. The ones that can be vouched for, you can treat them, you know, like gold. The ones that can't be vouched for, you can overlook. And can I tell you that when God sends in a deliverer, he packages it in a way that most people would overlook it. Nazareth needed a prophet. They didn't realize that they rejected him. But before the city rejected him, the church did. If the synagogue would have received him, Jesus would have had the liberty to be released into the city. But when his own rejects him, how will the city ever accept him? When Jesus shows up, he doesn't just show up in the spirit. He shows, he shows up in the spirit through someone's flesh. That means that we are the body of Christ. A prophet without honor in his own country and around his own kings and around his own house. You want to have honor in your home. There needs to be honor in the home. You can't be treating your husband like he's Al Bundy. If you don't know who he is, good. Don't worry about it. You don't need to be treating your wife like she's some prostitute. You don't need to be treating your children like they're just little infidels. There needs to be an honor. Why? Because you devour what you don't honor. couldn't do many mighty works because dishonor automatically produces unbelief. The Bible makes a statement that says, let the wives be silent in the church. Let them learn of their husbands at home, dealing with the role that a husband would have as a teacher and a priest of his house. If you don't have that honor, then the thing is, you're not going to grow at all. And not only that, you will produce that in your children. And your household becomes a household of rebellion instead of a household of honor. 
you lift your hands? Now, I know that many of you are like, Brother Hurt, I thought I, I came here for miracles. Listen, you can still have the miracle. Miracles don't flow by excitement. They flow through honor. That means that if there's anything in your heart right now that you have towards anybody in your life, towards anything that you're carrying, anybody in the past, somebody that's here, maybe somebody that's not here, you got to let that thing die. Why? Because you've got to protect the culture. You've got to protect the culture of this church from the stigma of Nazareth. What they had in Nazareth was not what they had at Capernaum. What they had at Capernaum is not what they had in Nazareth. But God says, I want to give you revival here. Revival that you can keep. Revival that will overtone the works of darkness. Revival that will overthrow the works of darkness in this area. Talk to the Lord right now. You've got to have it within your spirit that you have enough discernment to know when the spirit is speaking and when the spirit is not. If you're the person that says, I only receive certain things from certain people, you're going to miss the move of the spirit. You need to receive what comes from the spirit, not just what comes from certain people in your life. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Come on, you gotta you gotta get rid of that attitude. You've got a wounded spirit. Come on. There, there's some of you in this room, you, you got a wounded spirit. I don't know where it came from. I don't know nothing about you. Praise the Lord. But I've come to tell you that the Lord says, I want to heal your wounds. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Man, your pastor, we don't talk like that. When we talk, we talk about other stuff. I don't I haven't talked to him about this church. I might be missing everything, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I feel right now. And the Lord says, I want to heal some people in this house tonight. Come on, some people in this room, you're sick because of bitterness. Come on, there's some people in this room, you're sick because of wounds that you have. Come on, but I've come to tell you that if you would give it enough honor, what do you mean? I will never be so wounded that I will produce the fruit of dishonor in my life. No, I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be quick to forgive. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. The Bible declares that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need grace. Come on, we need grace. We, get, we need grace. When we get grace flowing, when we get humility in our church flowing, grace starts flowing. Grace starts moving within the church. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's time to go higher in the Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's time to search ourselves. It's time to search our hearts.